Yo. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening, Pastor Jeff? Brother, it is another Sunday night. Sunday night service in effect. Yes, sir. Amen. Would somebody out there give the Lord a big hand clap and praise? Somebody tell the Lord thank you. Lift your hands and tell him thank Sunday you. Sunday night. I, I, know, I know you're full and y'all got the itis set in and y'all still eating leftover turkey. and. Uh, Lift your greasy hands and tell him thank you. <laughs> Slap your neighbor in the back of his S curl. <laughs> Pull your neighbor's wig off and tell him God is exposing some folk. What is happening, man? How you feeling, brother? How you feeling, man? Man, I'm feeling excellent. And you know what? I want to say this at the top of the show. I'm feeling excellent because Religiously Incorrect is now broadcasting on Twitter alongside our Facebook and our YouTube pages. Right so I just want to say that it's successfully loaded up. We are on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. We're going to have to add the Twitter link to our uh, to our banners and our flyers, but we're doing a little test run tonight uh, to let you know we're on all the platforms pretty soon. We will be on MySpace, so all of my MySpace users, yes, you sir. know, hang, hang tight. That's, that's you know, my stuff. That's my you know stuff right there. That's my it, stuff. man. Yes, sir. So, so hey, What was the other one? What was the other one? Black Planet. <laughs> The one that was like all around the world. I can't, uh, uh, I know. Um, what well, WhatsApp? What was the one? Uh, I know. Uh, Apostle used to be on. Pernice used to be on it all the time. Oh, Periscope. 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 Yeah, yeah. man. I quit Periscope when I. Uh, I tell you about the time uh, we got. We didn't get hacked. We got like bombed in the middle of a Bible study. What? And all these people started posting all these inappropriate comments in the middle of the Bible study. <laughs> And it was it was early on. It was early on when I was a second. And you know, these you know, the members was already not all the way trusting, you know, all of this uh technology. And they were like, oh Lord, the devil didn't got in the computer. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh so yeah, Periscope uh, Twitter actually bought Periscope. So oh, I don't okay. even think Periscope is really a thing anymore. Okay. But uh Hey, it's all good, man. Hey, hey, Lady Dela Cruz, Lady Charlene, good to see you, Sister Kara Howard, Sister Whitby, so good to see you. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Hit the like, hit the shares, hit the likes and the hearts. If if you like what you're hearing, if we make you laugh, hit the laugh button or whatever it is on your on your side. Dave, what's happening, bro? Good to see I'm you, Johnson. How you doing, yes, man? Yes, 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 yes. So, hey, you know we're one for two. You know. Pastor Jeff, we're one for two. Last last week we had the Rittenhouse verdict, which we didn't want to talk about. But this week we had the Ahmad Arbery verdict, and the three brothers. Right. Uh, you know the three brothers, or not? They weren't brothers. They certainly weren't brothers in any Father. fashion. <laughs> Father were, and son, and they weren't I... brothers in any form of the word. <laughs> but the the McMichaels, or whatever they were called, and the other guy, and I, I did put on Twitter that because i do put stuff on twitter that i don't put on facebook but i put on twitter that it was actually pretty satisfying to watch these three men in in ill-fitting suits get convicted of murder <laughs> and at the end i put you're still going to jail garth brooks <laughs> you're still going to jail garth brooks you never heard that joke about how they said you be trying to wear your best dress to uh you try to wear your best dress to court. They're like, you're still going to jail, Yolanda Adams. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. 
I like you, it. I like it. Like you be trying to wear your church suit to the court, like thinking the judge gonna make a different ruling. Like you're still going to jail, Kirk Franklin. <laughs> Tight fit mug. Uh, right, you know, right. Uh, you know, it was just, it was uh, amazing to watch. And, you know, especially after the first two and the last guy, I, I, what was going through his mind had to be like, bruh, he's like, I'm cooked. <laughs> I'm done. I'm over. It's over. <laughs> it's over. It's over. Yeah. I mean, I'm, and, I'm done. And, and the it's, first person, whoever, when they read the first verdict and the first person got kicked out, uh, but I think I think whoever it was, you know, it was it was worth it. It was worth getting kicked out the courtroom. <laughs> it it, it would have been better if they would have had to walk out of the courthouse to the jail past all the black pastors. That, yeah. that that would have that would have made it ultimately satisfying if they would have gotten past all the black pastors. Which, by the way, I just want to say I don't know if we talked about on this last last week, but I'm grateful that the black pastors stood up and showed out. Mm-hmm. But I'm also grateful that that display and that protest did not in any way inhibit or cause backlash against the effort of the trial, because right. I actually got sort of a fear when I saw just the masses of excuse me of pastors, and uh, and the judge had to move the jurors to a different room because right. of the commotion outside. I instantly got the thought that man, you know, a good intention display of support could end up turning into a mistrial. Absolutely. absolutely. You know, and and sometimes I worry if uh, people on other sides of issues don't know how quickly we'll respond to things and how forcefully we will and don't play on that to create, you know, a bigger backlash. And so I'm just grateful it all worked out. I really am. Now, the one thing that I I would say, and, um, you know, this is not to take anything away from that because obviously we are we all love the justice of it but i've said several times you know that you know one of the things they do on thanksgiving is they free that free that that turkey in the uh in his in his uh two turkeys as a matter of fact and they you know send them to disneyland and all that stuff and you know and we get happy about the two turkeys being free while it's a lot more being slaughtered and i just Listen. think we cannot yeah. we cannot be satisfied and we cannot be happy about uh the, the the three turkeys that went to jail when it's a lot more who are getting off it's a lot more police officers who are you know going free and other people who are you know doing life in prison for literally nothing so we we have to stay diligent we have to stay uh the black pastors that we are and 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 just you know continue to fight for these causes that you know are going on so yeah. And you know what? It's sad to say, but there are more turkeys that have been pardoned than black men. Come on, sir. Absolutely. There's probably more. It's probably some black men. Like, maybe I need to dress up in some feathers. <laughs> <laughs> I need to dress up in some feathers. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's good, but it's also traumatizing that we have to do this. Yes. That, that's the sad is. thing. It's traumatizing that we even have to do this. And that was and, and I'll give one last point to this before we move on to our to our meme of the week. Uh, it's been said and I'll say it again. These guys were going to get off if that video didn't leak. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Those guys, it, this would not even happen. And now, which which gets it even deeper, the prosecutor has been arrested. The original prosecutor really? has been arrested and indicted because she was misusing her office to diminish 
any potential for charges before the video actually got out. Remember, they removed the prosecutor. She recused herself. Right. But really, she had already interfered with dampening any efforts to hold these men accountable. And, and I did say online before, and I, I know I wasn't going to say too much more, that the immediate response of police and prosecutors uh, plays a big part in how these cases are handled. Absolutely. If the police would have arrested that young boy in Wisconsin and arrested these three men and treated them like black men would be treated if they were the shooters and interrogated them and you know one phone call and all that jazz instead of letting them go home letting them walk home let them walk away from the scene tell their story the way they want to the entire situation there'd be a lot more incriminating evidence there'd be a lot more things said that could potentially so we still have work to do pastor jeff and i'm glad that you're you're down for it and we know that so many and you know what this is proven the black church is not dead concerning justice you just got to look for the right ones absolutely one more thing on a lighter note on a lighter note, I just I just got I feel like I got to put this out there to all y'all, whoever, whoever is out there listening right now. If you still have a bunch of trays with aluminum foil and your refrigerator from Thanksgiving, throw it away. Stop trying to make turkey soup and feed your kids turkey sandwiches. Nobody wants week. a turkey panini. <laughs> throw it away. Nobody, let, let it go. Just let it go. I, I've had my ham sandwich. I've eaten several plates. That stuffing is dried in a mug. All you got is the crust left around the edge of the t- of the pan. Every we, pan we, is. We know. We know that somehow or another, while, while everybody was over there, y'all forgot to take the potato salad out, and it's been sitting in the refrigerator. Throw it away. It's the day before Thanksgiving. Let it go. Throw it away. You ain't gonna eat the potato let, salad. Let it go. The eggs is over. It's okay. Thanksgiving is over. You know, there really should only be like a forty-eight hour period on this stuff. I know people claim it's it's a week's worth of milk. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> We're going to stop this child abuse right now. We're going to stop this child abuse. If you are a child and you are somehow watching this and your mom sends you to school with your Thanksgiving dinner, call Pastor Todd. I'm calling CSB for you. I'm calling CSB for you. This is too much. That is abuse. That is abuse. All right. It's meme of the week time. We don't have a theme yet, but Big Mike has a meme of the week for us. I don't know if he wants to come in or just pop it up. But he promised up the church hug. The church hug. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. This is the meme of the week. Listen, Jeff, we, we, we've had to do some church hugs. Absolutely. Like this. Like Absolutely. This. Absolutely. They they are they are oftentimes needed. Yeah, yeah, I, you need to do it. And, and these days with the Me Too movement. I barely yes. even hug folk no more. And trust me, y'all, it is not COVID. It's not COVID. <laughs> I ain't scared of y'all. But you know what? There's an opposite to the church hug, and it's the other church hug. And that church hug, that's too much hug. Too much hug. Mm-hmm. Too much hug. That's the hug when they say, uh, there's a difference between how's your wife and where's your wife. Well, listen, listen. Mm-hmm. Where's, where's... Yeah, yeah. Y'all know it. Who would you like to be your wife? <laughs> but the church, church hug, the church hug, the church hug is specific because the butt has to be tooted out. You got to be tooted out. The chest cannot touch, and you have no. to, and you give give the little pat. And you got to kind of hit on the angle, like on the side. Right, right, like, right. You got to come in from the shoulder. It's like a shoulder. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like uh-huh. a fist bump for shoulders. Uh huh. You know, it, 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 you it can't. Up, it has to start off with praise the Lord. Praise, praise you, you have to start off with praise, praise the Lord. Lord. Bless you, sister. The Lord Bless is good. 
God, you know, now, now to my, my, you know, we have dear friends and, and this is what happens. This is what happened. Pastor Jeff, you've been there. You've greeted people after church uh-huh. or you see people out. You see people, you know, well, uh-huh. family, people who are like, I miss Anita from my churches on people who we love. Now she going to grab me. She going to hug me. She going to kiss right, my face. Right, right. You know what I mean? Then the next person comes, then hot girl comes after her. It <laughs> <laughs> thinks she going to do the same thing. No, no, no. Now, now there is there now, is. We can give her that stiff, that Derrick Henry stiff on her, <laughs> and that's 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 the exception because you, you do this, you do this one, and they right, 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 yeah, that's it, that's yeah, it, yeah, yeah, cover that bosom, Doc, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it, that, that's how yeah, you gotta do it, yeah. Do it. Yeah. Overseer Cam knows about it. He knows about them church hoes. You got to do it just right. And I'm telling you, why they say the higher the level is the deeper the devils. You know, hey, that's, that's glory, the way, glory, that's glory, the way glory. it goes. But yeah, we, we have all experienced the church hug. What was that joke? Was it the wood? This is how we do it in North Carolina. What? Do you remember that? Uh-uh. What? Yeah. Yeah. You ever saw the wood? Uh, yeah. A long time ago. I can't remember it all. Yeah. It was like a teenage dance and, and the boy was a little excited. So he didn't want to get up on the girl. Okay. He was, you know, you know, you know, young boys. Yeah, 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 yeah. We know we, we're we're all adults here, young boys, a little excited. So he started dancing like the church hug. He's like, okay. "This is how we do it in North Carolina." <laughs> I got, yeah, I remember it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we, we've all had to be there, and you know what? We need to bring the church hug back because some of y'all are too friendly. Prayer Way lines, friendly. rubbing on Way folk. Too Way too friendly. The spandex and 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 all that we, stuff. We, and let's just be honest, we dress provocative more and. I know God's not judging you, but, you know, like we said before, there, there, there's some elements underneath that you just got to kind of quash. Otherwise, you have some more scandals and, and some more foolishness. You know and, and, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week. It ain't just the females now. Y'all brothers wearing these tight suits. Brothers. Know, brothers. Wearing these tight suits. And you, you know, you know, your shape ain't meant for that tight suit. And, you know, we have to apologize to the <laughs> shape. The mushroom, we need the, the mushroom brothers, man. Y'all need to let it go. Pear shaped brothers, we need to let that go. And, and and we really do have to apologize, you know, because sisters have had it bad in the church for a long time. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. these long, you know, rubbing on your bra strap hugs from these creepy preachers and deacons and brothers that some of them come to church just to be around the women. Absolutely. It, it, you know, that's and, and God help our young ladies, our especially our, our nice looking, young, vibrant, you know, teenagers and college age. Now I find myself like a hawk, just kind of watching, not because I distrust, but because we know human nature. And now you get a daughter, you know, you just like, I, right, you know, and, and let's just be honest. You know, there are some females who are extremely shapely and they cannot help it. It, it, help it. is what it is. They they are shapely they and it. you know we have to be more cognitive, you know. But then there are then are, are some some ladies who take advantage of it and got brothers going from the apostle Paul to Forrest Gump, stupid. Forrest Gump. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, you know, you walk around for the offering and you like my God in heaven, you know. Right. So, you That's know, why we don't walk for offering no more, man. We don't. We ain't walking yeah, for offering. We need to bring the church hug back, but we also need to bring the church mothers who will throw a hanky. Bruh, listen, hey. Call call Miss Nita. She'll make you some scarves. Yes, yes, sir. She will make. She will cover you up. <laughs> cover you. She will up. cover you up and button you down in Jesus' name. All right, uh, we're gonna get to the meat of our show tonight. Thank you for tuning in. We want to thank our sponsors from the Phillips Care family of businesses, starting with Phillips Care Cleaning Service, residential and cleaning. If you have not called them yet, something is wrong with you. The holidays are coming. 
and you need to go ahead and get your house right, maybe you own a business or a commercial building, they will take care of it. Call my man Fernando at 330-219-7916. They do everything from cleaning, carpet cleaning, move in, move out, wood floor, upholstery. They even did a move out for me. Got a fridge out my house with no holes in the walls and nothing. They, 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 they took a fridge out of my old house. Thank you so much. And while you're at it, check out Phillips Lawn Care Service. I know it's snowing outside, but that's exactly why you need to call them because they also do plowing and you never know what services you might need. Maybe the ice and the, the snow bring some branches down in your yard. Check out Phillips Care Lawn Services. Call them at 330-219-7916 or look up Phillips Care LLC on Facebook and we'd be happy to know that they receive business from our wonderful viewers. If you'd like to be a sponsor on Religiously Incorrect, you are more than welcome to reach out to us and promote your brand on this lovely show and to our millions of listeners and viewers. So, Pastor Jeff, tonight's show is entitled Show Me the Money. Show me the money. Show me. Show me the money. Say it the loud. Money. Come on. Come on. Say it with me. Show me the money. You know, I've never actually seen that movie all the way through. Is that right? Man, that all I've seen are the clips and the memes. And because it was like pre social media. Yeah, that was you a know. great movie. So it was great just a movie. saying. So it's one of the hey, movies you, I have to know, catch up on. We, we, we could do another show from that movie where she said, You had me at hello. You that had was- me at hello. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so our, our, our show is entitled Show Me the Money to all of our viewers on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. We are talking tonight the church and money from a pastoral perspective. Yes, now, this sir. has come up, Pastor Jeff, several times several. in our show. Uh, I think we've probably done a half segment about it before, just kind of chatting up on the casual. But I think that especially with all of the changes that the church has been through, mm-hmm. the, the, the shifting norms and expectations, and in particular, let's just be honest, our context is the African-American church, the black church, the community church. We can't speak for the mega churches, which we're going to address a little bit. We can't speak for our white brothers and sisters. We don't know how other, you know, uh, groups do. but We know how we do. Right. And, and we have some just pertinent subjects and issues. And if you have questions, if there is something you ever wanted to ask a pastor about church money. Besides that, our salaries. Besides my salary. <laughs> you got to be a member and come to the meeting <laughs> to know that. But I, I'll start right there, Pastor Jeff, because, you know, my wife, she one of the nervous things about her life is is knowing that the church knows what her husband makes. Oh. Or at least the people that come to the meetings who inevitably share it with others. Right. No, because it is a line item. And, you know, so the first issue is that the idea that the church money is all for the pastor. (laughs) I feel that laugh. (laughs) I'm not giving money to the church because the pastor just takes all the money anyway. You know, driving that car, driving that. Got that motorcycle. He driving that. Driving that, that brand new uh, Chrysler 200. <laughs> right. Might as well have a, a, a 92 Geo Metro. Come on that's now. That's it. My little Malibu. So that's the first thing. Jeff, what is your perspective when you hear people say that? I mean, what, what do you think? What's the first thing besides a laugh, obviously? What's the first thing that comes to mind when people say 
all y'all pastors just be taking all the money? Well, you know, I used to w- w- want to fight it and, you know, argue and, and but, you know, learned a long time ago, you can't argue with foolishness. You know what I mean? Because it's it's foolish to think that, you know, you you have a church, whether you have 50 people or 200 people or 500 people, whatever it is, that everybody, that all the money these people are given is going towards the pastor. And we're just, you know, out here balling and living a lifestyle when, you know, honestly, I, I, I don't know the numbers and maybe you know the numbers. Majority, I would say the majority of the, you know, the smaller black pastors are, you know, working and pastoring at the same time. Bivocational. They're bivocational. It, it, trust me, if I was getting paid like that, I would not be going to work. <laughs> Bruh. I would not be going to work at all. I don't want to work. I, I hate working. I don't, I'm mad I got to go back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and 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 even if it's not an actual job like you go to, you work hard. I've watched you work 50, 60, 70 plus hours a week and still serve your church. I've Absolutely. watched you do that personally. Uh, you know, I've never I just had a normal nine to five, the 40 hour office gig. I, I can't say I've had that that job with the extra hours and all that. But even then, most of us know about having side gigs, something yes, on the side yes, that yes. we do. And we're not talking something unscrupulous, like I'm out selling stolen goods that out the back of a truck or nothing like that. But I've done like audio, video, technical support for people, you know, consultation, you know, a nonprofit. I know pastors that own property and, you know, they, they own rentals and property and invested. And by the way, whatever little pennies, even if their salaries, even if their stipends from the church help that, they had to take that risk. They had to put that money to work. They had to make something out of you know more out of what they were getting you know and it's 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 it there are some who definitely have been blessed and there are some who uh have more than the average pastor but you're absolutely right pastor the vast majority of pastors white and black i think Mm -hmm. that it's like 70 to 80 percent now now mega churches have grown substantially over the past 30 years there is a higher percentage of mega churches last 30 to 40 years than there ever were in history. But the vast majority of Christians go to smaller churches. The vast majority of pastors pastor smaller churches. And a great deal of pastors are bivocational or dependent upon a spouse's salary in order to yes. serve. Yes. And the yes. wife is working, which is an arrangement. Many people don't know that. That's a traditional arrangement that the wife will work so that the husband can serve and make what he's going to make from the church. And, and oftentimes what the pastor may make from the church will fluctuate with how well the church is doing. Absolutely. If, if the church is just not doing well for reasons that are completely out of the pastor's control, they might even fluctuate from month to month and week to week. Some churches pay by what they have and just uh-huh. give a little offering to the pastor. And you couldn't even honestly call it a salary. That, that's just reality. Uh-huh. You know, I'm yeah. blessed. I do have a salary. You know, I, 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 I do receive a package, you know, that's a traditional package that's well in line with what's acceptable for the area I live in. There is a statistic out. I was looking up at one point years and years ago. I think I was doing research when I was at my former church. Uh, And the pastor normally makes uh, average, unless you're in a very rich church or, you know, large church, about the same as what a teacher might make with the same level of experience, depending upon that community, suburban versus urban, whatever, whatever, which makes quite a it makes some sense uh, yeah uh, it yeah it, it makes some sense 
And then you add in the intangible. The thing about a pastor is, and I'm going to say this several times in several different frames, we're like an on-call servant at all times. And the stress, the strain, it might seem like, oh, man, he's only doing two hours of work. He's just up there on Sunday morning and doing a Bible study, and he might call a few people during the week. Uh, there are some jobs that are just disproportionately stressful on people's lives. And spiritual leader is one of them. Absolutely. I, listen, let me let me let me just help some people out. There have help been times. I have been time. There have been times where, especially when I was pastoring in Youngstown, where I've literally had to be to work at seven. I've left my house at five a.m. to go to Boardman, <laughs> to go to Boardman before somebody had surgery. Pray with them. Leave Boardman. Come back to Warren. Go to work from seven to seven. Get off at seven and go back to Boardman to make sure when they got out of surgery, the pastor was there just to make sure they was okay. Listen, that's something you can't pay for. Yep. That's a tiredness at a whole nother level. Yep. That's, that's, you know, those are intangibles. And let me just be clear here. Like you said, you, we know that um, you, you have a package, but I'm quite sure you don't want to go to every uh, funeral <laughs> that Warren has to offer and, you know, uh, be doing video record. That's time away from your family that you could be spending. Brother, I, I mean, mean you, you don't understand. A lot of people don't understand, you know, and even a little money that we do make, you know, it, I mean, it's not good. It's there's no we're not getting rich. If time is money, as many people say, and that's just a normal, you know, cliche, time is money. A few people give more of the time of their lives to their occupations Absolutely. than religious leaders do, pastors do. I, I once did seven funerals in eight days. I remember that. Uh, I cried for you, brother. Yeah, I had a funeral every day of the week from Monday to the next Tuesday, except for that Sunday, and still preached that. So I think I, I don't remember if I even had the nerve to take off. Uh, I've, I've rushed from a wedding to a funeral mm -hmm. in the same day. Uh, literally doing a, a full wedding. And I'm talking, this ain't no garden ceremony. You say three words and walk away. It was the whole daggone shebang, you know, 45 minutes away and screaming it. And we're not saying that like to complain or whatever, but just to give context, to just give context. And, and, and yeah, I'm sure every single person watching, especially skeptical people or people who are, you know, you know, a guy, everybody knows a guy. I, I know a guy don't do nothing for nobody. He just set up a collect office. I know, I know a guy too. I really do. But but I also there were people I thought I knew. There were people I thought I knew. Come on, sir. I Talk thought about I knew. Yes, they yep, were just yep. balling and taken from people. And I lived that line for a long time that I'm different. My daddy's different. My church is different. And them folk ain't doing nothing. But I found out that some of these people already learned lessons that you and I are just now learning, Jeff, and yep. that there is no point in defending your lifestyle. There's no point in defending the work you do for people because half the people you do the work for will never acknowledge you did the work for them anyway. And Absolutely. and and they'll be the first ones in line with that. You know, he don't deserve this. Look at them raising that and da, 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 da. So no, all the money does not go to the pastor. But uh, I would say this, and I've said this about the black church, and I said this to my church once. Matter of fact, it was around the time of Black Lives Matter, Trayvon Martin. And I was after Trayvon Martin. I was at the second at the time. I was saying that because Matthew Burroughs, I was saying that the freedom I have as a black man to move and do and speak as I want comes because my church supports me and nobody can take my job from me. That's right. And I think we need to think about that other context. And yes, you say it, we say the same thing, Pastor Jeff, all the time. 
if you want even the finances and the money to go in the right directions, then make sure you support right folk. Don't yes. complain and fuss yes. about all the wrong people. Make sure you at least give respect. Even if you're not a Christian, even if you're not big into the church thing, don't tear down everybody because you just might be throwing out the very dude that might speak up for you. The very guy that might be advocating for your community and your family. That's it. That's it. And so because I'm free to be me, I can get up and say what I need to say. And nobody can come to my office and say, you're going to lose your job or this or that. And we need to put stock in that, Mm -hmm. that the black church still does provide a pipeline of truth speakers and advocates. And yes, the salaries and the payment allows them the freedom to be able to do that. Don't think for one minute that all these guys just work at factories in the offices and say what they say, and that blowback wouldn't come back at them sooner or later. Come on, come on. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yes, sir. So, so it's a part. I think also, you know, I think social media has, you know, kind of made it a little bit more difficult. And I think we, first of all, you you can't judge a person's lifestyle by what they post on social media. Please, um, you know, please, you know, because a lot of people are lying. First of all, you know, people putting on stuff, but you know, people could look at my all my posts last week and think, oh, he that is down there in Florida, just doing his doing it. You know, listen, first of all, you don't know how long it took me to pay for that trip, bro. You don't know how long <laughs> it will take you to pay for that trip, bro. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, credit cards are a wonderful thing <laughs> if you pay for them. <laughs> Right. Uh, right. You know, you don't you don't you don't understand that. You know, you don't understand that, you know, just because somebody went somewhere or went on a cruise or went or done this, it all that money did not come from the church. You know what I mean? All that money was not, you know, uh based upon tithes and offerings and you know, and, and I know I like you said, I, I knew some people who, who do. I mean, literally and I don't know how often it still goes on. Maybe you know where people took the the, the entire first and third. The first, yeah, first and third offerings. And, first and but third. You got to remember, and let's just be let's be historically accurate because you know it, one thing that burns me up is that we are so big on knowing our origins mm-hmm. and history about ourselves, and we forget that a lot of the things we're seeing in church have the same type of origins. And the reason that that first and third offering stuff. Uh, we used to go to the pastor or Friday night service or whatever it was, was because first of all, that was it. Right. That was it. And if you think that's a whole lot of money, you're welcome to come into the rooms, especially <laughs> back in the day and see what was really being collected. Uh, but also that comes from a more agrarian society, our more primitive days when mm-hmm. we did not have as much. The preachers were often itinerant and served in multiple churches. They had to preach out even what, you know, we even preach out at each other's churches more than our white peers and share mm-hmm. pulpits and all that goes back historically because to be a black preacher was usually an impoverished, you know, occupation. So we were doing those extra services and revivals, or sometimes a pastor would invite another pastor to be a blessing to him out of a survival yes, to help yes. a struggling man or brother out. And, and then, yeah, we return the favor and help a struggling man or brother out and invite them to our church or come run a revival that again, if we're going to be true to our black history concerns and understanding where we come from, let's include the history of our religious practices as well, because they also have. And, and yes, yeah, some things should shift. But like many parts of our culture, many of us are kind of stuck in the past and keeping our traditions. And so those people are going to continue to do that. And so 
the idea that the pastor gets everything. We know the pastor doesn't get everything. And 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 by the way, you said social media, Jeff, and I want to throw this in before we switch gears uh, about the church and money. But number one, I'd say social media has people knowing about a few of the top dogs, yes. and they're they're judging uh, Pastor Stanford and and how you live in based off a picture they saw of Bishop Jakes and how he's living. <laughs> and, and he's earned his money, however he's earned it, the books, the conferences, uh-huh. articles, everything. Uh, thank you, Pastor Tatum. Pastor used to get paid with food and produce. I still do. I got a cake <laughs> on my table right now. <laughs> I got a pound cake on my table right now. I'm pretty sure that's somebody's side. <laughs> but no, it, but it's all love, really. Thank you, Sister Pat, by the way. That, that, no, that was just a joke. That was a delicious cake for the holidays. But and, and even those little gifts and stuff, those are just little tokens of appreciation. Absolutely. And sometimes we talk about the cakes and the, you know, this and that. That's really just people showing appreciation in the way they can. Yeah. That's how people show love. Just like your grandma would show love by cooking or grandpa would show love by doing this or that. That's how the sisters and the brothers of the church, different ones, just show their and love. It to is you. appreciated. And it very really, much appreciated. It really is appreciated. Very much. But but let me say the last part about the social media is I am convinced that I've said it before and I'll say it again. I am convinced, especially where so much has been exposed with fake news and, you know, Russian and Chinese influence and bots who are planting dissension and division on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I am convinced that many of those memes that are designed to create discourse and discord within the black community did not come from the black community. I truly, genuinely believe it. I've said it on this show before, and I'll say it again. I will always say it. I believe that outside influences, including individuals who are probably from our own government or or from other segments of our society, have planted these don't trust the black preacher memes. They're taking all your money. The black church collects $8 trillion from the black community with no statistic, no reference, no time period. And look at how they're living. Then they show a picture of all people, Joel Osteen's church. I literally saw a meme that was a picture of Joel Osteen's church. And the (laughs) caption was, the black church is taking $8 million from you. And I'm sitting here like, are y'all serious? I believe that those have come from outside of our community because those those power brokers know that the black church is the last bastion of power in the black community. And if we can get folk distrusting each other and just a little snarky, smart mouth stuff that we say that sows division, that will let what basically the average guy like me and you serving in our little cities be disconnected from our own people. And that makes us ineffective in our community. And thank you, Big Mike. That's why we need to stop sharing and liking all these posts because they're designed to divide us. They're not designed to divide us from black against white. They're designed to to divide black against black. Let me tell you, um, um, my my bishop, Bishop Paramore, uh, said something so profound not too long ago when we were talking about money on, I think, matter of fact, it was on a Bible college. And he said, he said, you know, his, one of his favorite cars and his dream car is a Bentley. He said, he goes and looks at them all the time. Wow. He said, and he said, honestly, he can afford to get one. Wow. He can afford to get one, but he feels it was just his feeling that in the neighborhood, he preaches and ministers and pastors. It'll never fly. It, 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 it's not even that he couldn't do it. It did. It doesn't look right and wouldn't feel does, right yeah, for yeah. people to, you know, hardly be making it and hardly living, and for him to pull up in a Bentley in that neighborhood. And I think that's so, you know, just you know, 
a stoop for uh, him it, not it, to It's sad because nobody tells the white man what he can't drive and where he can't live and what money he can't earn. And that, that does include white ministers as well. And by the way, they can't, they, they are a little smarter because sometimes they drive a little humbler, but they stacking them that money. Oh, yeah, they stack. They might drive a little, they might not be out there with the Phantom or nothing, but they, they, they stacking. They just know how to drive the GMC. Mm-hmm. And that's all, that's all it is. But I want to switch gears a little bit because a lot is talked, talked about, you know, how much comes in to the church. And I, I made a I made a video once. Or, uh, I think I responded to a video once and it was going around real tough from Dr. Umar Johnson, but basically saying that the black church owes the black community for all the money the black community has given the church. <laughs> and if you were to ask the average person, a church like Second Baptist, we got about 400 some members on our roll. Uh, and we are known as a little bit larger church in our, our area in context to our area. This is Warren right. is, and it's not a huge area. So that would be a pretty big church. I said on our roll, I didn't say in the pews. All right. Pastor Stanford, you know, progressive is, is a smaller congregation, but people often vastly overestimate how much money. I mean, vastly overestimate. They probably think we bring in at least a million dollars a year and all this kind of stuff. And it's it's not even a fraction of, of that in realistic funds that, that come in uh, at our size church. And I know probably less for you, but still, again, it's a fraction of the I yeah. mean, they just think we have a money tree. And that I think that because they've heard that jive tithe talk, because they've seen the images of people, they really think that the average church down the street is just filling up buckets upon buckets upon right, buckets right, of money. Right, 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 right. Uh, you know, they, they see these images on TV and, you know, in movies where they are passing a plate and it's just people putting money in this. Listen, you watch that plate, 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 plate pass at a real church, it might go up and down two aisles. And it's more it's mo taps, Doc. It's more taps. Remember they used to say, just come by and touch the basket touch for the a basket. blessing? <laughs> if you ain't got nothing to give, just, just touch the basket for a blessing. Listen, it's more it's more touching than tithing going on. <laughs> it's more touching than tithing. Hey, 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 you want to talk to some depressed folk? Don't talk to the pastors. Talk to our treasurers. Yes, oh and our God. finance committees. Mm-hmm. You know, because and we do have committees, by the way. People, it's their job to oversee and properly account for every dollar that comes in. And again. Yes, there are some people, they're not even crooked. They're not even, they just don't, they just are not good with math. Right. They are not good with business practices. And you know what? While y'all talking all that stuff, half of y'all evading y'all taxes too. It ain't paying no. Uncle Sam like with your all your nine LLCs. Yeah. You're trying to move money around, opening up businesses in your kid's name. And you got the nerve to be mad that, you know, that local little church on the side of the tracks don't know how to do Huntington Bank protocols and Chase Bank protocols. All and, they know why, is how to put money you, in the envelope. And, and why you playing? Don't call. Don't call us after them PPP come, people come. Listen. Don't call us. Because you didn't tie it. If you would have tied out the PPP, I would have wrote you a letter. <laughs> I would have wrote you a letter. And I know y'all got twenty-two thousand dollars. That is two thousand two hundred dollars that should have came into this. And I'm joking. But 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 for real, you know, they have to see the reality now many of our pastor friends get a report at the end of the day or the next day hey this is how much we've taken in i don't even get that report every once in a blue moon i just ask are we on track are we doing all right maybe a mid-year report or a quarterly report for our board and staff and i i don't bash my brothers and sisters who who do that 
I was actually surprised because I come from a different world. I didn't know that cats literally get an email or a slip of paper or a message the next day of exactly some of them, how some much. Some of them get them that day after after the offering is taken and counted. They get it that day and they yeah. come back out and they'll, well, um, but. Uh... Listen, listen, <laughs> again, everybody's not on that tip. Everybody's not, everybody's not. Hey, but we do know. have to know, just like you have to know. Absolutely. What your check look like. And I'm not saying it's the pastor's check, but you have to know what the church's position is because you have obligations. Absolutely. And, you know, thank thank God, you know, we, we are a smaller church, but we are a smaller church who has a, a pretty nice bank account. We're doing well as far as the church. Is, you know, we have we have, you know, a group of people in that church who are good givers. And it's yeah, just, yeah. you know, and I mean, we don't have a whole lot of folk, but we have people who have uh, came accustomed to the tithing and who have just who have been good givers. And it's just, you know, we're not make we're not bringing in a whole lot. We're not. But our gas is on. Our lights are on. You know, everybody who's supposed to get paid gets paid. And we still got a little something extra, you know, that if we need to, you know, sponsor an ad for Pastor Todd and one of his million adventures. Eight million events because I'm coming back. I'll be back soon. Matter of fact, I got a letter to send you this week. You got to return the favor and ask us for something because y'all didn't sponsor us like four times now. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. No, yeah. I'm just, I just want another one of those preaching engagements. <laughs> y'all, Listen, y'all yeah, right, right. Good offering money. Just get you on in there. <laughs> no, but you're right. And you know what, Pastor Jeff? I want you to hear what he said. We have a group of good givers. Right. Every church yeah. of every size has a group of good givers. Ask megachurch pastors. They will yes. tell you they have a group of good givers. And some of us have gone through, and I've gone through it at two churches now, when Agape was growing significantly, and when Second was having that new pastor, you know, push, that new pastor. More people does not mean more money. Oh, come on, come on, come on. More come people on. means more expenses. Yes. It means more toilet paper being used. Matter of fact, toilet paper rolls disappearing. <laughs> I mean, and I'm I'm straight, not even joking. At one point, I went in the office and said, Pastor, we had to lock the closets because stuff was disappearing from the church and there was just more people in and out coming and going you know they were fairly convinced and god bless them no judgment that somebody was just coming into the bathroom change their baby and put two rolls of toilet paper in their diaper bag or something and walking out you know let me me tell y'all let me tell y'all i know most y'all got some of them church chairs y'all know we got thanksgiving is over to the banquets <laughs> for y'all kids' birthday parties, take them chairs and tables back. We need then, them back. Then you so had the nerve to use them for like y'all rent parties where y'all playing rap and stuff and uh at Second Baptist Church is on the back of your chairs and you got not cash money coming in for the nine nine two thousand <laughs> and y'all twerking on church chairs. Come on, man. At least use the church chairs for spiritual sounding events. Oh, man. No, but but honestly, and, and and yes, churches do have do have expenses. Let me get back to that quote. Because all of the black community, here's the dirty little secret. All of the black community is not church folk. That's right. That's right. It really isn't. A small segment of people actually go to church regularly in any community. And a much, much smaller segment of people actually support that church regularly financially. So if anybody is owed that small group of good givers, if you want to play that money game, 
that on. small group of good givers that could be in a special category. And and honestly, let's even go back to our rules because we always get bashed about, you know, maybe who we'll do a funeral for or what we'll do or how we'll open our doors. It was based on the fact that an entire community was pulling on a church that has only so much resources to where we weren't living it because we don't love people enough to bury their loved ones or we don't want to host these weddings. It's because they do incur real expenses and right. there could be real damage. We've walked out of our church with damage to our church. We've we've walked out of you know the church with things missing, with musicians that have to be paid, the things that everybody wants, but you have a hundred percent of the people, you know, wanting services, but only 10% of the people willing to do anything in the way of support. Absolutely. And so we had to create for fairness sake, uh, for stability's sake, hey, you must be a member of the church or a direct family member of the church, or we'll feed up to 50 people, or you know, we'll do this. We even have, because we do our own printing, Pastor Jeff, you know this, we have a basic program where we will do just a basic two-page program. And then we have the more enhanced one that would actually take my staff hours to do, you right. know, the glossy paper, the fancy ink. We get a bill for that every 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 week. I mean, every month. The, the printers are we didn't we didn't just go out, but we lease. When you get into this printing business, you're leasing this joint like you lease a car and you lease business equipment. People, and that's how that's how you know, Pastor Jeff. As much as we keep talking about black business, a lot of folk don't know business. They don't. They don't. They do not know they business. Don't. They, they talk don't. it. But honestly, many of our churches are actually in it. If you want one of them real industrial printers, you don't just went out and buy that joint for $37,000. You lease it like a car. You lease it. You lease. Hey, they leased the one at my job. And my job is a billion dollar business. But that's what you do, though. It's, that's it's, how the business yeah. works. That's how the business does it. Mm -hmm. And so you, when you want this, you're saying, it don't cost church nothing to do that. Yes, it does. It actually, they have a counter that sends a report back to the company on how many prints we made this week. Absolutely. It's just the way it goes. And, and so we hey, want it. First of all, thank you. Thank you. Second. They always make me some nice. Stuff. Yeah, we always, yeah, we always take, we always take care of you. Check out thank second back printing service. So, so it's not true that the black church has taken all the black community's money. Maybe the black bar has taken all the black community's come money. Come on. Come on. Maybe the lottery has taken all the black community's money. Because what are you getting back? Maybe the weed man is taking all the black community's money. You are not You are not calling a bar asking them to do your funeral. You are not asking them to pay your light bill. You are not pay, asking them to pay your rent. You are not asking them for child care. You ain't, yeah. asking, you ain't asking that bar for And I am ultra supportive of all of our black businesses, including the ones that I wouldn't frequent. You know, the ones that I wouldn't frequent, you know, a bar for black men owns a restaurant. I, I'm fine. Do your thing. But please stop acting like we're taking more in than they're taking in on a Friday night. Now, listen, if I want to make some real money, I, I put some, you know, what y'all drink now? Ciroc. Uh, and uh, what y'all drink? I'm out of. I'm I'm still in past the Cavassier, so I don't know what's right, going right, on right. anymore. I'm I'm still at uh, Hennessy uh, White. Saint Ives. <laughs> Mike is still at Thunderbird. <laughs> but and I'm not saying that in a bitter frame. I'm saying that from a frame of perspective. Right. It's just perspective. And so there are limitations to what the church see. There it is, Thunderbird and Kool-Aid. There it is, Big Mike. <laughs> telling on himself. Telling on himself. But it's not a complaint because the church is in a strong uh, position. Many of our churches, but many of our churches are not strong 
they are nonprofits, and the vast majority of them really do function like nonprofits. Nobody just stacking up tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars for the sake of nothing. I, I know you've heard the joke about the Everlasting Building Fund, but even that Everlasting Building Fund only has a few thousand dollars in it, truth be told. Truth be told. The Everlasting Building Fund could really only realistically buy a few doors and a few windows. It, it, that and that's why that's exactly why it is everlasting. That's why it's everlasting. People ain't people are not giving that building fund. We there's some there's things on your tide offering that have building fund, and no and it it's, it it gets ignored almost every week. That's what. Can I talk another reality? Because I've wanted to do a show about building, you know, buildings in general. But but let me just say this: the church, even though people talk about it being tax free and all that other stuff, which is really just a small thing concerning sales tax, it's really right. not, you know. Right. But let's be clear here: the church has had to engage in the same business practices and operations as a private company that is a profiteering company has had to do. The cost of doing what we call business, if you want to call a church a business, the cost of doing business and just operating as a church organization is so much higher than the churches that were founded originally anticipated. The cost of accounting, when we talk about doors, these are not just doors that you can just go buy and somebody can put on anymore. We have the same ADA compliance. We have to get lifts and weather tight security windows and this stuff that is far beyond when many of our churches were originally built and the cost of building materials, the cost of operations, the cost of office supplies, the cost, everything that goes into operating any type of organization has gone far beyond what many of our black churches you know, were originally designed to operate as. They were designed to operate with volunteer labor, right, not right, unions right. And, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and rate and, and, and contractors and all of that kind of stuff. Most of our churches were built by volunteers or, right, or people right, who were doing right. that kind of stuff. So and many this of is our a new churches world. are still using volunteers. Let's just be honest. Many Correct. of our churches are still, you know, the people who are counting the money, the people who are giving the money, the people who are doing uh, the taxes for all of us to they, they get uh taxes you know a lot of that are a lot of that secretaries a lot of the secretaries from a lot of churches are still done on voluntary basis volunteer basis you know and 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 Hang if they are reason. paid even if they are paid many of them are making them including pastors by the way less than they would make in the private sector absolutely and they are doing it uh, you know out of love and sacrifice knowing that they could work for a bank or or some of us have business skills or other skills that we could put to work in other areas of life. And the fact that we're serving is, is that. So, you know, that's a big deal is to understand that. And quite frankly, it's not just the outside world. It's our own members who don't always understand it. We have members who don't always understand the difference between uh, a budget and actual income right. and expenses. The budget is just what we hope to do, what we project to do. And sometimes people see the budget and they'll say, oh, Second Baptist has XYZ budget. And so they will immediately assume that Second Baptist has XYZ money in the bank uh -huh. right now. And unfortunately, too many African-Americans don't know how finance works. And that so when they see a number out there and they say, you know, that church is a million dollars. No, that church, that means that as much as came in probably went out. Right. Most likely went out. Or you're just a pass through. If we sell on them banquet, I know y'all made all that money for that banquet. You know how much of that money <laughs> we barely cleared for our gala right. and packed that joint out uh -huh. because it costs money to put on galas. You know, it's just the way it that's just the way it works. But 
And I don't you know, think I, I also don't think that people understand a lot of these buildings are very antiquated. And so, I mean, gas ain't bruh, you know, gas, gas bills. A roof repair will take you out. <laughs> don't let the central air go out. This is not your listen. This is not your house repair. You are talking. <laughs> I mean, one stained glass window. If you have a stained glass window, one door, one lock. You are calling, man. Listen, when we had to get our HVAC done, I mean, the first guy was like nearly a hundred thousand dollars. And that didn't even include the engineering work, the planning work, the filing work, because the because of the nature of our building and the size of it, you technically have to get all permit. They are not just pulling a furnace out and putting another one in and saying goodbye like they do in our house or for our water heaters or put a new condenser outside. They have to get plans. We had to order cranes, cranes to set stuff up on the top, you know, and and so those are real expenses. Now, now, here's the thing. A lot of people say. But that ain't got nothing to do with me and y'all don't do nothing for us. And we don't never use none of that until they do. Until they do. And I said this to you earlier on the phone because we always have a pre-chat, me and Jeff. Right. The pastor, uh, excuse me, the the church and the black church in the community has become like the fire station. Come on. We need to be open. We need the funding to be there. We need to be operative because we never know when we'll get that call. Doesn't mean we're able to answer every single call because there are more than one church. I can see if there's only one church and you can come by and say, well, that one church that's getting everything should do everything. But we're there and not needed until we're needed. And if you ever looked at the line item for the fire department, you might not have called in five years or 10 years, but your taxes went to them. Mm -hmm. If you ever looked at the line out of money, they get a year. And I'm not comparing the church to the emergency services of a of a firefighter. But let's be honest. In our communities, they might as well be equal. Amen. They might as well be equal. And and so when we're needed, somebody calls and says, I got a call earlier. I wasn't able to fulfill the request the way I had hoped to. I wanted to, but I wasn't able to fulfill the request that was made of me is, hey, you have that church. We need a place to be. We need a place to have a service. We need a place to do this and do that. Can we use it? Now, the reasons are different now because now there are other concerns at work uh, because of COVID and, and sometimes it's staffing, you know, yes. you can, you can own a McDonald's if you don't have no employees. I, I hope, I hope COVID taught everybody a bunch of lessons that the church been trying to say for years. Applebee's didn't have enough folk to open up every day. Uh-huh. Million dollar companies that are in demand every day had to cut their hours Ain't nobody oh, Charlie's wasn't open on Mondays. When when the last time you saw a restaurant like that? Now, that's what black folk do. We don't open on Mondays and Tuesdays. We open our restaurant Wednesday through Saturday. But major corporations did it because I can have the building. But if I have nobody there and please don't play this, we don't have to come. We'll just give us the key and let us in. Come on, man. So my drum set can be oh, gone. Right, right, so my- right, right. Ain't no way. And somebody somebody has to be there to open up. Somebody has to be there to close. Somebody has to be there to clean. Because y'all ain't going to clean up. And even though y'all do clean up, y'all ain't going to clean up the way we want it cleaned up. Because, you know, once again, COVID, we have to make sure. You have to be done right. You have to be done right, you know, because we don't want nobody coming into church getting sick. Then you also have the people who are who are at our church upset that we're allowing other people to use our church because they want to be the ones to use our church and they don't want to come after y'all and used our church. And, so. and you know, and that's absolutely correct. And you know what? And, and and on top of that, Pastor Jeff, we live in a very litigious society. I mean, 
we have panicked, panicked when we realized we were out of salt on a snowy day. Come on. Panicked. Like, okay, go to somebody's house and get some. Because right. the fact of the matter is, all these people talking about the church, church, church don't care that we're the church if they slip and fall. Mm-hmm. So you think we're being like hard and mean? We're actually not. It, it, we're we're protecting, just like a company would do. We're protecting ourselves. And you're saying, well, y'all just a business. Well, if you didn't sue us like a business and use us like a business, we wouldn't be a business. <laughs> and, 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 and let me just say that, because I've said that before, Pastor Jeff, I'll say it again. The church doesn't treat itself like a business. The people that don't go to church treat it like a business. Uh-huh. The people that don't go to church, because I don't go to Walmart unless I, <laughs> Fernando said I was, was late that day. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, man, we just, we just, we just supported your plow business. You can't say that. <laughs> Fernando's never late. No, and he wasn't. It was just a deacon thing, like a sidewalk thing. But, but, but in all seriousness, we do have to think twice like anybody else would that every little thing could be a lawsuit. Yeah. We, we really do. Yeah. And, and insurance for churches and, and nonprofits and build, it, is, it, it is not cheap. Pastor Jeff, I want to switch gears because the churches have this money and we do have some. We're not poor. We're not broke. We're not, you know, we're not like destitute. But how do we decide? How about this? How do we decide how to spend the money? So the first question, it starts with who decides? Well, you know, like you just said, we have we have and we're about to have ours. You know, you have these budget meetings and you have these, you know, it, it takes committees. a lot. of You have these committees to come together to say, you know, this is what we want to do this year. This is what we want to put put together, put away for this and that. And, you know, and you have to realize we're going on last year's budget based upon last year's budget. We don't know how many people going to join or how many people going to leave for that right. matter. Right. You, we, you know, many of these churches is two good people, two good deaths away. Listen, bruh, <laughs> you know? I'm going to tell you who I do my hardest praying for. <laughs> we I save all my blessed oil. I save all my blessed oil. <laughs> two good deaths away from, you this know what, if, if, that, if these people, you know, because, you know, let's just be, let's just be realistic, especially in our area with Lordstown gone, GE right, gone, right, you right. know, a lot of people having to move out of town to, you know, support their families. Packard, you know, is not what Packard used to be if it's still there at all. You know what I mean? Only thing left is Wheatland Tube and I can't give all my money. <laughs> right, 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 so, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, so, you know, we're making these budgets based upon hopefully we'll we'll get the same thing in as we got last year or more. You know Correct. what I mean? So, Correct. you know, it's, it's very difficult to, to you know, uh, try to make sure that all these expenses get paid. You know, you want to make sure, you know, obviously we want to make sure that we're still financially stable as, as pastors and our packages are still uh, being able to suitable. be suitable. Yeah, they got to be suitable. You know, you, 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 you know and, and I don't think, I, I honestly don't think most people know how much the music department costs. And y'all can say y'all need that music department until you do. Until you do. Until you come there to the church. So you come to church and you got three brothers singing that can't sing. <laughs> you know. And you're the first one on Facebook talking about it. You're, you're the first one Absolutely. pulling your phone out, sending our videos to church at laugh, 
and all of them Facebook uh, pages that that make fun of churches uh -huh. talk about look who is singing or playing like this, this ratchet, this, that, and the other. And and I actually am proud to pay black brothers and sisters if, if, right. if we have female musicians for their gifts and for their artistry to use them in the church. And and if and if I can be a blessing to them and we can make that you know a part of not only the vibrancy of our church but also putting money in the hands of our own black brothers and sisters and which baffles me because i proudly say now second baptist out of small businesses in warren is one of the largest employers in the city of black people mm -hmm. and i'm proud of it so you can say we passed my way i sure am to black people i'm i'm paying more folk out of second baptist yes tithes and offering than most folk black businesses are paying to their own community i'm, I'm putting money in the hands whether it's full-time part-time stipend just a little god bless you for playing or doing what we do and we do it right not under the table we do it legally right. taxed yes. you know yes. however we need to do yes. it give you yes. 1099 whatever needs to happen uh but but that's uh that that's that's a pride for me i'm not ashamed of that it, it, it's baffling that if we're gonna say black business and black church ought to do this you have to understand that operating properly financially is a part of that yes. you have to operate by finding nothing just runs off of nothing you know mm -hmm. uh, we can go just pray in the street if you want to just go be in the field somewhere and <laughs> next time your loved one die i say anybody got a garage with a heater in it and bring the casket mm -hmm. over there and i'll gladly preach the eulogy there i mean we could do that but that wouldn't be acceptable to anybody and and, and so we we have it we're here and the church ain't going nowhere you know, th th there are changes happening. There are shifts occurring. Things may never be as big. We're, we're living in an increasingly secular society. And I think that the strength of the church is that those faithful people are going to continue to be committed and be devoted and contribute, knowing that the world that doesn't even respect them is continuing to pull on them. It, and you know what? I wish our brothers and sisters, if you're watching this video or you watch it later, would understand that when you do all that talking and all that jimming and jabbing about the church, this, that, and the other, uh, you're not really just hurting the pastor's feeling. You're hurting that sister, that brother, that mother, that grandmother who has a sincere faith and a real belief and has found a cause worth giving to. And you're telling her that her devotion is worthless. Yes. You're telling yeah. her that her devotion, his Say devotion that. is that. worthless. And you're joking about, took all my grandma's money. No, your grandma found something worth value. And as given to it, she say her little smart mouth things when she come home and the past it is, you know, but obviously she loves and is devoted to what she does. She shows up, she bakes, she helps, she's volunteered. She's, that's been her life's work. And all we can come up with this is to crap on people. Come on, come You're on. not just crapping on the pastor. I know people want to feel like they're knocking some dude down and some rich guy down. You're actually knocking a lot of your own peers down, the very elders that you claim to respect, the very ancestors that you claim to revere. You just face the facts that they chose and not because they're a bunch of dummies who were enslaved, yes, but yes, because yes, they saw yes. the power and the proficiency of the church being properly fitted and able to be what it ought to be. And yeah. if a person has that belief, if you want to spend all your money on sage, go buy all the sage you want to buy. If mm -hmm. this lady wants to pay tithes, let her pay tithes. And I have I have members who honestly I have never met who still send a check to that church once a month, twice a month, whatever it is. And it's not based upon me because I've never met them. Now I call them, you it's know what I mean? I call them, it. I, it's their devotion and it's their, their, their love for God first, 
for the church to continue to grow and continue to work in the community. So, you know, stop, like you said, stop. And yes, we all know people who spend more time on the offering than they do the altar call. Yes, we know more. We know people, but I know Pastor Todd. And I know a lot of these pastors, especially here uh, that are on the Religiously Incorrect podcast. A lot of these brothers who are not, you know, ain't none of us doing $50 lines, $100 lines. You know what I mean? We do a quick offertory prayer and, you know, and, and the Keep people, moving, you know, Doc. people give because of uh, they want to give. And because we we preach the word every single Sunday. A, a word that you know touches the hearts and the lives of people and it's not about money it's not about absolutely people. absolutely and, and and back to that core principle and by the way if you have a question if don't don't hold back if you want to ask us a question about something we got a few minutes left we're going to cut off in a minute but this it is the right of any organization or group of people to make decisions for themselves right and this idea that people who are not a part of the church have a right to tell the church what to do with it with its money I don't care if we decided to do a campfire after church and just burn that sucker. If we're the ones that gave it, you know, it all to say it's my body and my choice till it comes to the church. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's my body and my choice till it comes to the church. And and I'll, I just say that out of respect, you know, as an organization, as an organism, as a family, as a group of people, if you got together with a group of people to put your efforts and your resource and your money towards anything, the people who are doing it have the right. And by the way, if anybody wants to fuss at me or or or, or share their discontent or their desires in our church meetings, pastor, I'm a contributor. I believe in the mission of our church, but I really feel we should be doing this and not that. I don't understand why we spent money on this or they might even say oh, you get paid too much, whatever it might be. Then those persons. And yeah, sometimes in the church, we got from some folk that's loud mouths about they about their opinions, but they, they low in their actual contribution. And I'm not judging by your income. I'm not judging and saying that I'm picking on impoverished, impoverished people or people that don't have as much. But there are, there can be people who could and don't and gleefully don't, but also loudly want to make sure they're heard and, 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 and cause all this fuss and commotion and have not, you know, done the fair share of what we're all together endeavoring to do. But always got something, you know, to throw out there. And sometimes we'll lie. Sometimes people will just outright lie about what they do. Yeah, yeah. I, I got folk that literally be like, Pastor, I give all. I'm like, sister, I saw the number. I'm not even judging you. You brought it up. Right. You right. brought we up. We see the numbers. We see the numbers. You ain't been, you matter of fact, you ain't been to church in three weeks. Only time you come is to these meetings so you can have so you can fuss at us. Right. I mean, so so there are there are real challenges, and we believe in what we believe in. And a part of our belief involves our sharing of resources okay. and giving those resources to the greater cause of allowing the church to operate. And yes, that includes salaries, that includes equipment, that includes buildings. And do some go overboard? Yes. Do we need all these chandeliers all the time? And, and all I get it. People have gone overboard. Matter of fact, most churches have learned their lesson. Why do you think most of these churches are starting to get built and converted warehouses and stuff like that? And and you're, you're just seeing a different because people have learned like, hey, you know how much a pulpit set costs? Like one pulpit set. And when I say pulpit set, I'm saying the podium, oh, yeah. the little table that goes in front and the three right. chairs, you know, the little king's chairs in the back. That joined me like ten thousand dollars for one set. And don't get don't get your name and your church name and stuff and grab. Yeah, you know, that. I mean, so and, and, you know, again, many of us have found ways. Listen, the last set I bought, I bought it used. 
okay, I don't want to shame my church. I'm, about I'm not ashamed at all. Uh, I found a church. Good. I found a church that just bought brand new stuff and ended up not using it. And I had a glass person put the new etching on it. And we literally saved like a quarter of the amount that we would have spent because you'd be surprised when, when I, when we built my dad's church, we, we drove and bought pews from Indianapolis for literally, I'm not even joking. 5% of the cost of what it would have cost us. Yep. Something like that. It was going to cost like $40,000 to furnish our church. We ended up paying 2000 plus another 800 for shipping because we went and got the trucks ourselves. And we went there and took the trip. And U-Haul was that much for that length of a trip to Indianapolis and back in a day. And we personally loaded those pews up and unloaded them at the church and bought somebody else's 25-year-old pews. Why? So that we could be wise with the finances. We had spent Absolutely. enough. And, and they're still sitting on them chairs to this day, them Absolutely. pews to this day. So this, I, Pastor Todd, Second Baptist, they just got new carpet not too long ago. I, I don't know how much it costs. I know it was a pretty penny. But listen, stop getting mad at the ushers when you allowing Rayshawn and little Ron Ron to eat candy in church and come on the pews and my, my, drop my on the carpet. Will tackle you, boy. They tackle you. They mad. Yeah. They got tasers mad. now. They got tasers at Second. We invested in that because <laughs> y'all getting out of pocket with these masks. We want wear these masks. You know, we got to knock you back down the steps. <laughs> but but yeah, so and we're not saying this as a complaint or gripe session. We're saying it because often people hear about the church and money from everybody but the church. Right. And everybody but the pastors. And so if you're a member of a church, I would encourage you to ask questions, to be involved, to be engaged, uh, but also to understand the realities of how churches are financed and and how those finances help the church to do what it what it does. And honestly, if you're not a member of the church, and I'm saying this especially to my black brothers and sisters, let's avoid the toxicity where it's not deserved. If you want to call out somebody that you genuinely know is just straight, crooked, garbage, whatever, you know, I get it. But but honestly, I say it all the time. Why focus on the negative when there's so much good around you could be promoting? Why focus on the negative? You know, every church I know in this city has been doing Thanksgiving meals and feeding children and food bags and taking turkeys to their elderly, whether they promote it or not. And there's a good chance that some of your meal or one of your family members meal might have come from the church you're bashing. You know, you know, mean, meanwhile, we're glorifying the dope man who passed out a few turkeys after he got your whole family strung out. Come and uh, he threw a few turkeys, you know, out of the back of a truck and we act like he's doing something. So, again, at least let's have enough pride in ourselves that if we're not a part of something and we don't understand it, Pastor, if I got to the point where I have nothing negative to say about my black Muslim brothers and sisters, I have nothing negative to say about Jewish people or I don't know their practices. If I don't know, I ain't got nothing to say. I don't. Point blank, period. I don't. I don't. You know, you, if I don't really you know. You run yours, you run it, you know, listen. I, if you don't want to give, don't give. Don't get, you know, but if you, be, if you can't car to the church, you know, I mean, I, we can't do it. We can't have, uh, Ohio Edison put everybody in a name, everybody on the church name on Ohio Edison bill, but right. this is partly you, you use this electricity. You come out. Matter of fact, if you come out and it's hot, you upset with us Bruh. because the air conditioner ain't fixed. Yep. Yep. If, yeah. If you yeah. Come I mean, out that's just... too cold. You're, you're upset. You know, matter of fact, you said you go, you know, this, these are our bills. These are our bills. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It just is and, and we want to serve. And that's honestly why we seek to be stable, because we cannot serve you if we're not stable. 
Absolutely. And, and we need to be. And there's plenty of things to learn. And all of our churches are learning it. We're learning how to work leaner. We're learning best business practice. Uh, we're learning how to operate uh, with excellence. Uh, we're even learning from the mistakes of the past, even the abuses of the past. So many churches have checks and balances now from the abuses of the past. You know what it takes to be somebody's pastor at most of these regular major churches now? Background check, credit check, you know, uh, clauses. I mean, and it's serious because everybody, trust me, you think you're tired of the reputation that you see preachers with? We're tired. Churches are tired of, 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 of the things that they've either done or gone through or been accused of unfairly. So now everybody's trying to do the right thing the right way that, that I can see to the best of, of their ability. Even the ones that don't always have the skills and the staff to do it, they do it to the best of their ability. Just just for a quick example, yeah. do you know how much it costs to print out 100 flyers that most of y'all ain't going to look at? Bruh. Y'all, you gonna tear it up? You gonna leave it on a pew for us to get? You know, I had to come to a decision, especially when I was at my last, uh, the last church that I was at. I said, you know, to buy ink, to you know, print. I said, well, you know, I called Pastor Todd. I said, how much was y'all charged? And it was easier for me to allow them to do our printing for the bulletin. Go to Kinkos and FedEx. And and- go to Kinkos, and you know what I mean. And and it it, it just made. And then he done it professionally. I'm not trying to. Plug Pastor Todd and his uh, plug away, brother. I'm not trying it's to the plug staff because the staff does it. Rose, plug staff, Rose and Carol and Janice because they, they make it happen. The fact that they have a printing company, I'm not trying to plug that. I mean, I'm not trying to plug the fact that they were a lot cheaper than Kinko's, and I'm not trying to plug any don't of tell that. Them that we'll beat anybody's prices in town. Right. Don't, I'm not, don't, I wouldn't don't, tell don't, y'all don't, that. Don't, don't tell them that we but have I mean, folding, it, stapling, it, binding it, services, we do card stock. Don't tell anybody we could do glossy programs, wedding bulletins. And, no, and, and for a very cheap price. For, and for it, it made more price. sense for them, especially as us being a smaller church, to do it than for us to have to keep on trying to, you know, somebody trying to make these uh, bulletins that when you came in, you ain't even know what they said. And so, again, money coming back into our community. Absolutely. Flowing back into our community. So we hope that there was some enlightenment with our conversation here. I uh, want to make a quick announcement. As, as I don't know if Big Mike wants to join us for a minute, but we're going to be coming back live real soon. And we're looking forward yeah. to getting back in the studio. So uh, I want y'all to check us out. Religiously Incorrect, 8 p.m. every Sunday night, Sunday night service. Me and Pastor Jeff have both uh, had our households go through COVID. We've been vaccinated like nine times. We got all three vaccines. Got 13 uh, boosters. I even took some stuff in the back alley, I think. I don't know what it was. It was probably <laughs> just... I snorted something. But come on, Big Mike, come on in. What up, bro? Great conversation. Great conversation. A much needed conversation, I think. Um, But listen to the conversation. I do have a couple questions. The first question is how do you see the giving changing with the different generation, with the older generation going out and the newer generation coming in? Um, I, I don't know for a fact because I don't count the money. I don't see who does what. But my perception is that the older people give more than the younger people do. Again, that's just my perception. So what do you see happening in the future? The old generation coming out, new generation coming in. Well, get well for one, Givelify is huge now. Um, I know churches who, you know, have on their books now what they give to, to, to the Givelify. You know, because online giving is just such a huge thing. Yes, Many people, 
many people do not carry cash anymore, you know, like we used to, you know, so, you know, I think it's a good thing, but I also think oftentimes it can be a tricky thing because, you know, you can have people come around you like, why ain't nobody giving, you know what I mean? And then people can lie too and say, well, I gave them, give a five. I gave million. online, right, no, you right. Didn't. No, you didn't. Well, we, well, in we a generational sense, in a generational sense, uh, older people do give more, but they often give more. And I say this lightly because I know some people will jump on and say, I don't have more, but they, they, they tend to have more to spare. Right. Or they traditionally at one time had more to spare. And gotcha. you cannot ignore the last 20 years of economic pain that yes. our country has been through, which means the black community has gone through it, which means the black church has suffered from it. And so in our little valley in Northeast Ohio, the the heyday of the steel mills, I mean, money was flowing at one time. It really was flowing. And those individuals who were giving had less things to concern themselves with mm -hmm. uh, as far as where my money needs to go. The church and a few black organizations were their primary charitable endeavors. That's how it kind of worked. And they usually worked intertwined with each other, the churches yeah. and black organizations. Now, honestly, young, younger generations are more saddled with debt. They're making less and expenses are more. So yes. it's it, and let's just be honest. So that's the financial part. That's the practical part on the social, emotional part. The loyalty is not the same. They're more secularized. Uh, the old tactics, let's be honest, of guilt and you just should and. People just telling you got a job now, make sure you give the church some money. Those conversations ain't happening like that no right, more. Right. You know, I, I was told when you get your first job, you know, boy, make sure you uh make sure you tithe off of your little check or da, 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 instead of pattern of giving. Now that's not happening. So a bunch no no disrespect to anybody, but to, but a bunch of call center jobs and STNA jobs and entry level jobs cannot compare to these people that were making 28, 30, 35 dollars an hour in factories. Mm -hmm. or had tenure somewhere and, and even now pension and by the way now the older ones are feeling the pain of pensions being cut yep. and benefits being lost so that's why i right. said to my older members i'm not assuming you got a whole lot of money just because you're older i yes. know that you are scraping by and still trying to be you know committed so so yeah i i see loyalty and practicality being the biggest issues that are pulling down the or, or dividing if you could say the ratio of giving between young and old gotcha. i remember i remember at reverend powell's church little small church in youngstown you know it was a bunch of kids a bunch of kids but every kid somebody made sure every kid had a couple dollars had a quarter or a couple dollars correct you know, now it's like the offering, yeah. now it's like you just sit in your seat <laughs> and, and let's be honest most of those kids that are growing up in our churches they're not coming back to church and not being encouraged it when they do get grown and they do get stable and here's the other elephant in the room when most african americans too many and you can say take this however you want when they finally do get financially stable they end up in somebody else's church they end up at a mega church or a white church. Come on. So, okay, the next yeah. Uh, my second question. Uh, I'm going to lead off by saying I commend you guys for doing what you do because um, I couldn't do it. Um, the older I get, the thinner my patience is with people and all the extra stuff that go along with them sometimes. Um, but why do you do it? Why do you do it? I wouldn't want to do anything else. Yeah, I'm, I'm called. That's, I was, I yeah, yeah. I, I was it. a, I was a kid 
like I was that kid that wanted to be a preacher. I would emulate the preachers. I would I would do that. And 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 honestly, thankfully, early in teenage young adult years, that the manner of father and ministry I was a part of, it wasn't even about the flash. Of course, you and you're young. There's no denying. You just kind of see the image. You know, you right, want that. Right. That's always the part. We can't act like we all super pure. But I spent more time in nursing homes, hospitals, funerals, just, you know, I wouldn't run around with my peers doing revivals all the time. So I loved serving. I really love people. And I had to learn to love people even more. So I, that's that's why I do it. You know, and honestly, from a practical level, and I'll say what other folks won't say, I do love the freedom of it. I love the freedom of being a minister among our people. It, there's nothing like being a, a Christian minister in the black community. There is like just this special feeling of being among people and being a person that's looked to and a person that can speak for and advocate for our people in a way that I could not do in any other space. I tried to quit. When I went to the Navy, I honestly tried. I said, I'm going over here. I'm going to kick it. I'm going to have a good time. I never got to be in, in sorority. I'm going, I'm going to go here. I'm going to have a good time. Fraternity, Doc. There. You don't want to be in a sorority. <laughs> <laughs> I got there and I went to one chapel and that was it. Yeah, it was over. It was over. All of a sudden, I became a chaplain, you know, because the, God has put so much in us that I don't think we could quit if we wanted to. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, one more question. I just thought about it. Um, Todd, you kind of talked on this before, but how come black churches aren't coming together and opening up businesses to help out with the finance of the churches? Well, first of all, we are. Okay. Uh, like for instance, Second Baptist has the longest running preschool uh, in the city of Warren. We started our preschool in 1969. We have okay. one of the longest running, you know, church one preschools in the city of Warren. We do printing at Second Baptist. A lot of churches do things more on the side. I think in one thing, and 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 you know what? This already touched on Elder Carter asked a question. You can go ahead and put it up. She said, "What do you think about the church investing?" And I think both of those things kind of go together. The churches are equipped and could be more involved in business endeavors and investing, but we are number one wrestling with the administrative and professional capacity to actually do that. So while we have money floating around, we don't always have qualified people committed to managing those operations. I'm blessed to have that uh, with some things that we do, but you know, running a business is hard and running a church is already hard enough. The right. second thing is the public perception of it that we've already been so accused of being run as businesses and this, that, and the other. And people honestly take advantage of the fact that we're a religious entity. And I think it's odd because if you ever watch any things about Malcolm X and the Nation of Islam, they, they talk with beaming pride about how they started and ran businesses that supported the nation. And if the churches had a network of businesses the same way, most people would turn a side eye and just go right to the conversation we just had. All that money is going into preachers' pockets. What are they doing for the community? Any black business owner will tell you that the whole black community feels like everybody owes them a donation for everything all the time and will drain them dry and then not even, you know, uh, not even do business with them when they need to. So folk ask right. like my, my buddy at the funeral home for money and don't even go to him when they love loved one die, you know. So I think it's, again, management and capacity administratively. We have the monies because honestly. Nobody has more seed funds on any given day than a church to do something. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the administrative capacity to do it and then the trust of our people, I, I'll be totally transparent. I probably shouldn't even say this on the show. There's a car wash on the corner of Highland and West Market Street I've been wanting to buy. And I'd love for the church to buy it. 
would the would the community respect the fact that the church bought that car wash? Would the people support us saying right. that we went out of our way to turn that business into an operational business again that has right. been closed for years? Could we count on people to protect it and not vandalize and to steal the change out of it and break the machines? It's realities. It's realities. I, I just think, you know, uh, also that a lot of, especially the smaller churches who can't uh, do things like Second Baptist can't, we have to be able to maybe grab onto somebody's coattail. You know, for example, last year, I think, it, matter of fact, it was around this time of year that Pastor Todd wanted to give food, uh, give uh, the groceries. Yeah, the big give. Yeah, the big give. Yeah. And, you know, I just thought it was a great idea. And I mean, we don't have a lot of money, but we were able to give. I think gave to five hundred dollars to, you know, and, you know, obviously the majority of it came from Second Baptist. But we can say that we done something. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think we we have to be able to say you know, we done something. I mean, you know, even though we may, we might not have as much as others, but every small church should be able to say, you know what, I'm going to partner with somebody to do something. And, and you know what? I'm glad you said that, Pastor Stanford, because everyone's not positioned to do it. And you could even put three small churches together and they still not, might, might not be able to do that level. And a part of it has to do with our trust between each other. And let's say you did make an investment. I'm just making this up. And you said, I'm going to invest in your preschool and I'm going to have a 10% stake in the preschool by investing this much a year and da, 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 da. Well, yeah, I mean, but then we'd have to have a level of trust between us. You know, there's a lot that goes on. You got to remember, churches have a lot of transitions. They can have a new pastor next month. Yes, yes. You know, members die. The people that made the decisions are not the ones that's alive 10 years from now yeah. to deal with the decisions. So we forget a lot of that. And, and to Rose's, uh, Sister Rose's point, Elder Carter's, then invest. I've been approached about doing investment clubs in the church, you know, getting together and and putting monies together members putting money together our church at one time had a small credit union operating out of the church office a small black credit union before my time all right it's important to do but we have to have trust and consistency and commitment to do it and the one thing is because we're starting from scratch in the black community and that includes the church with these ideas it's hard to build the trust and the commitment and the consistency to truly get the ball rolling so that it can actually build into something and we often don't have, again, the administrative capacity and the long-term trust to let that thing grow into something. We forget that businesses stay in the red for a long time before they get in the black. Right. And we right. get nervous when that starts happening and we don't stick with it. And you add the church and religious and all the perceptions to that. And where'd all the money go after one year or six months? And how come my investment ain't paying me a return right away when you've been owning that Apple stock for 30 years and ain't got no money out of it? You know, <laughs> right, you got right. in late. You know, but again, I understand it because it's hard to take from an unproven source. Olympic and surf, baby. That's all I got to say. Stop, <laughs> Pastor Jeff. Stop, <laughs> Pastor Jeff. Let's do it, baby. <laughs> Whoever knows what that means is going to come kick your tail. That's all I know. Whoever knows what that means is going to come kick your tail. And, and that's honestly why. Because there have right. been so many schemes. One of the biggest black pastors in the country went to jail, Dr. Uh, Kirby John Caldwell, mm -hmm. for Olympic, for, uh, I almost said it, for <laughs> real estate schemes that he used church finances and convinced his church members to invest in. And again, we are not all that guy, but once that story is out. Right. It's going to make it hard. It's going to make it hard. Hey, uh, Pastor Jeff, real quick, by the way, Baltimore is up three nothing and they about to score again real quick. So. 
Please, hey. just, just, just give your hands up. See, I'm I done. wasn't even gonna say nothing. <laughs> I'm not the type. I'm not about to say go Ravens. I'm not about to say go Ravens. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. But I just know that it looks like we'll probably be down here in the basement together, <laughs> and we'll just have this tie, this garbage tie on our record. But anyway, yeah. But yeah. Uh, and I, I agree with go. Elder Carter that investments are significant and important. I wish we could do it more. But I'll be honest, like, I don't expect the church to do anything that the secular black community ain't doing too well itself anyway. Right. I'm not going to act like there's a whole lot going on in the black community. Like, we're the ones missing out because, honestly, none of us are really doing it the way we could do it. So uh, I'd love to see it, though. I'd love to see it. What do you think, okay. Mike? Any last thoughts or? Oh uh, no, that's 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 all I got, man. I just had them couple of questions. Uh, let's shout out our sponsor, man. We can go ahead and get up out of here. Yeah, I want to shout out Phillips Care Training. Uh, Phillips Care Training, the proud new owners. They're not even new owners no more. They are the owners of High Street Fitness in Cortland. They just have some specials up. We don't even have a flyer, uh, but they have some specials up, and they are uh, incredible. We all know what's happening. It's Thanksgiving. We all got fat. Our pants are tight. Why don't you hit up Mike Phillips at Phillips Care Training? Look him up on Facebook. He even has videos of his work. He's got his boy doing one-arm push-ups. So, you know, <laughs> right. he, he he's on the real. Check out Phillips Care Training for all of your training needs and services to get your body fit and right. It's not about getting ripped. It's about getting healthy. And if you want to get healthy, check out Phillips Care Training. So that's all I got. Uh, I don't know if Pastor Stanford need, needed to dip out, but he's, uh, gone. He, he's gone. But uh, Big Mike, I appreciate you. Uh, and we appreciate all of our viewers. Check us out next Sunday. Same bat time, same bat channel. Religiously incorrect. By the way, follow us on Twitter. Official R.I.P. What is it? Official. I should official. look it up. <laughs> Religiously incorrect podcast. Official R.I.P.C. There you official go. R.I.P.C. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Peace out. All right. Peace, y'all. See you next week.